What's up, guys? This is your host, Sonia, and you're listening to What a Week, a podcast where I sit down and talk about my week in the most unorganized way possible. This is episode number 52 for the week of August 15th through the 21st. I know this episode is from like a while back, and I'm not going to lie. It's going to be a tough episode to get through. It took me a while to even be able to sit here with you all to share, but I think it's time. So if you're ready to listen to what happened, then keep on listening. What's up? What's up? What's up? Happy Monday, everyone. Honestly, I am attempting to change some of my audio. I do apologize for last week's audio. I didn't realize how breathy, breathy. I don't know. I don't have a perfect adjective for that, but I didn't realize how bad it was until I was fixing or editing the podcast and by that point, it was already too late to re-record the podcast and fix it. So I did the best I could. And trying to take out all the breaths, we're going to make like the entire audio very just hard to listen. So I kept a lot of those breaths in. And I'm like really hoping that it doesn't sound terrible this time around. I'm playing around with some of the things. It looks different. It's not as loud I think which I hope that helps with like the cutting or what's the word there's a perfect word for it but sometimes the audio will clip and when I'm editing it just sounds really off and I can't fix it I don't know this program quite well anyone out there who is listening who has used Adobe Audition Adobe Audition (laughs) please reach out to me for um, to help me with some tips on how to fix this. But for now, I'm really hoping, I really, really hope that this podcast sounds okay because I don't think I will have it in me to, re- to re-record this podcast, especially this one. So let's get started with today's podcast. So today's podcast has been something that's been on my mind for quite a while now. It's if let me count um oh my goodness i think i even mentioned did i mention the wrong podcast or i did i did mention the wrong day actually i need to go back and re-record that it's been two weeks since this event happened so actually the weeks should have been from the 8th through the 14th that is on that is my bad (laughs) just goes to show where my head has been but I have been going back and forth as to whether or not I wanted to share this and I've been in contact with such a great friend and she listens to my podcasts her and her boyfriend listen to my podcast so I'm very thankful for her because she's gone through this and she's been like a world of support for me And she had mentioned something about like writing my thoughts down to try to make sense of what happened and find some peace because what happened was not easy and I don't think it will ever be easy for anybody. However, your girl is terrible at writing. (laughs) Um, I wish I was blessed with those skills, but I thus have not (laughs) you can you can tell just by that like how I talk I am not the best writer in the world but one thing or one way that I choose to express myself is through talking in this podcast and I feel like this would be a very cathartic I don't know if that's the proper way to use that word but it would be a 
great way for me to just put down my thoughts, have this on record, and share this with you all because I don't know how else to do so. <sighs> it's just hard. <laughs> so, on August 12th of this year, I had to say goodbye to my very best friend. I really don't want to cry. So we're going to move on from there. Um, I've had a dog for 16 years. His name was Brownie. And on that Friday, I had to make the hardest decision I think I'll ever have to make. Um, to let him, I don't know how my friend says it, but I to let him cross the rainbow bridge, which I think that's such a cute way to say it and comforting. I did have to say goodbye. And it's been a tough couple of weeks. I've been off social media, like, posting-wise for two weeks as well. I don't know why I thought this process was going to be easier. I know you're probably asking, well, what do you mean easier? I don't mean easier in the way that you think. Easy in the way that I already knew um, how old and the health problems that my dog had at the time so I felt that when the time came it was going to be more of a not a relief because that's not like I, I if I could have done anything to keep him here longer with me without him suffering I would have but I just, I feel like I, I, I thought I was going to feel a little bit more of like comfort knowing that he was no longer in so much pain. But uh, alas, that did not happen. So I did struggle for the first couple of days. I told, I think, three people uh, like immediately. One was my good friend that I had just spoken about. Because she's gone through the same with one of her dogs that she was like super attached to. They were they were best friends, still are, even though he's he's also crossed the rainbow bridge. But like, I knew she had gone through that, especially with how close of a relationship she has with her dogs. So I knew that if I talked to her, I would not fine I don't know like I just knew that she would know what to say in a way even though it's very hard to say like I, I know that anything that's being said during these times is at I feel like you just don't want to hear about it but I knew that she would take it with the most like respect so I told her um I told two other friends about it as well one because he was super close to my dog like loved him to death so I felt like I needed to tell him about it and then I told my other co-worker as well just because I needed like someone to just comfort me immediately <laughs> and like I literally called her right then and there and I just broke down crying um but before I get to the details of what happened and why it had to happen I kind of want to just reminisce on the journey or his life and celebrate it. And then I'll get into what happened and then I kind of want to end it on a positive note. So we'll go with that. And if your girl's voice is breaking and I take some slight longer pauses, I'm so sorry. I'm going to try to keep this podcast as raw as possible. I'll try not to edit so much out of it because your girl tends to do that a lot because I say um a lot and like 
talk about being a communication major. Oh my gosh. But I am going to try to keep it as raw as possible. I will only like take away any harsh sounds if there's any. I really hope that this microphone is picking up everything because again, I don't I can't find it in myself to re-record this. So, if this podcast sounds terrible, I really hope that you listen with a kind heart and forgive me and my lack of knowledge when it comes to audio devices. But so if we go back 16 years, I think I was 11. How old am I right now? I'm 27. 27 minus 10 is 16. And then you take away six more years. Wait, it's not 16, it's 17. <laughs> take away um, six years, it's 11. Okay, I was around 11. But this obviously happened a long a lot longer before that or yeah uh ever since I was little I've always wanted a dog I don't know how many times I would beg 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 my parents for a dog I would see them on tv I would see them out and about when I was walking uh, through the neighborhood I would see them with my family and my cousins who would recently get dogs and I wanted one so bad uh, to tell you that I legit bought a notebook. Well, my parents bought me the notebook. I got the notebook. It was a single subject notebook and I filled that notebook with letters and reasons why I should have a dog and why I would be so responsible. I laugh now because your girl is anything but responsible. Regardless, alas. I wrote down all these details. I saved up as much money as I had to be able to one day get a dog. And my parents literally tried their hardest to not give me a dog. So I remember one Christmas, they gave me a fur dog. I don't know what it's called. It's a toy. And it looks like and I see and I really do lightly say looks like a real dog it's pretty much a toy a robotic toy and it had wheels underneath so if you would call it it would like move to you and walk to you and it was cute at the time I forget the brand but I had called that dog caramel because it had like a very light brown blonde kind of color, which is funny. But yeah, like that's what they had purchased for me. I it I guess took some of the the need of me like wanting a dog. They took some of that away for a bit. But I went back and I was like, no, I really want an actual dog. <laughs> like this is not going to cut it. So what ended up happening is around my 11th birthday or around that time when I was 11, I guess my parents finally caved and decided that I was ready to have a dog. And their intention, at least my mom's intention, because she does not like animals. My mom's intention was for me to get a dog for about a year or two, get that out of my system, and then give the dog away. Okay? That was her intention. I did not know of this intention at the time, but that's what she had planned. So my dad um, had a coworker who was selling puppies. He had two left and he was selling them for like $100. So my dad thought that was a steal. And since my mom and him had already decided that I was ready for a dog, he came back home and told me about it. So I, you could just imagine how I felt when they told me that I was going to get a dog. I was over the moon. I was so ecstatic, so excited. I had asked my dad right then and there what kind of dog it is, uh, what color it was going to be. Like I was just a ball of questions and excitement. And he had mentioned that my dog was going to be brown, that it was going to be a poodle or a, a French poodle. And your girl was like, 
his name is going to be Brownie. <laughs> like, I hadn't even seen the dog yet. I was just dead set. I was like, it's a brown dog. I'm going to name it Brownie. It just works perfectly. <laughs> so the time comes, we go to my dad's coworker's house. We go to their backyard and they have like three dogs playing around in the backyard. One of them is the mom, I think. And then the other two are like their personal dogs. Um, no, one was the mom, one was another like dog that they had. And then the other one was one of the puppies that they were selling. And that puppy was so hyper, so active. It literally was like, I guess the puppies that a lot of people want, like the most hyper and excited and just ready to be loved. And the guy actually said, mentioned, like, he's not the only one that's available. There's another one. However, he rarely plays. He's most, he spends most of his time sleeping. And he's not as active as this one. And I automatically was like, show, show me, show him to me. He was actually, like, hidden. Like, a, I don't even know. It's like a little nook in their backyard behind like all this machinery that they had or tools and he brought him out he was so shy and quiet and scared and I was like this is it this is him this is mine <laughs> he is mine so <sighs> I can like vividly remember that <laughs> okay so I literally caught him we went back home we were literally driving my dad's geo tracker remember that he was like in the middle seat and the funny thing is he was not brown <laughs> he was the exact same color as my toy dog like in the past which is funny that's what I'm saying like it's such a weird coincidence he was also like a very light blonde like a dirty blonde color if he got really dirty he would look like a brown but not the brown you think when you see a dog named brownie um but regardless i was so happy i was so stoked i brought the doggy home i brought brownie home and he just did not want to do anything he was scared so scared he just wanted to spend most of his time underneath the table underneath furniture he was just like not having it and i was so concerned because I get the first few days that he was very shy and didn't want to like go out, but he was so scared. But I think after he had gotten all his shots and everything, uh, we decided to just bathe him. And that's when I noticed, or actually my cousin noticed, because she was here when we bathed him for the first time, because I didn't know how to bathe dogs at the time. I've never had a dog. And I literally told my cousin if she could help me and she did and we noticed that he had a slight bump on his butt <laughs> so we went and looked at his behind for lack of better terms and noticed that he had a tick on the on his butt and I don't know how long it had been there it was huge so probably a quite a while so we did get him to go get that taken off. And when I tell you that my dog's attitude changed drastically, it did. He was the happiest, bounciest, sweetest little baby in the world. <laughs> and that's it. That's pretty much how it all started. I was 11 years old. He was born in February. I think I got him during like the summer around pretty much around this time, like in August, it was summer still. And I was the happiest person in the world. I bought so many things for him with my money, with what I had saved up at Dollar Tree. <laughs> because, you know, an 11 year old does not have the salary to afford <laughs> fancy stuff at PetSmart. And my parents were just like, you bought the I'm like, you want a dog? It's your responsibility. And I was so up for it. I was ready. I walked him. I taught him all these tricks. My parents helped with the potty training because that is the most, the hardest thing to do. 
at the beginning when you start. Uh, he had a couple of accidents. A couple of many accidents. But regardless, he was so sweet. He learned tricks so fast. At the time, he knew how to sit. He knew how to uh, lay down. He knew how to give paw. He knew how to like jump up, I guess, or stand up and then like twirl. This was in his youth. <laughs> he knew all those commands. However, he was sometimes a pain in the butt when he wanted to run away from the house. That homeboy would see the door open and would literally not think twice and just zoom out. I'm not kidding. He would run out the door and I would have the hardest time trying to get him back because homeboy was an escape artist and really fast runner and your girl was not fast at all so the amount of times I've had to like run after him in my neighborhood was so many it even happened to my poor grandma when I left him there when we went out of town he like busted out of her gate because her gates like the width of the gates was so big and my dog is so thin and tiny that it was like a piece of cake for him just to like shimmy out of there and run and the the scary part is he, the brownie did not know that neighborhood because he's run ran away before here when i was at school and my mom didn't even realize that he ran away so like let's just put that into perspective he ran away without us realizing or my mom realizing until she heard someone barking outside and opened the door and there was Brownie. <laughs> he literally just took a cruise outside the neighborhood and then came back. <laughs> so he knew he knew our neighborhood very well. He knew where to come home. However, at my grandma's, that was not going to be the case. So my grandma literally scared to death because she knew that if something were to happen to him, I would have been ballistic. I would have gone crazy. So she, I feel so bad for her though, because again, she's my grandma. Like my poor sweet old grandma, like chasing after Brownie. Luckily, she found another neighbor who helped her out and they found Brownie and they brought him back. So my grandma's like, never again. I love you, but never again. <laughs> like, I'm not about to put that much responsibility on myself again. So he loved to run away. But when I tell you he was the most kind, sweet angel, I, I truly mean it. The only time he ever lost his temper was if you stepped on him and, of course, on accident or if you, like, made him upset or mad so like I had a lot of family members who found it funny and would just try to like rile him up and he did not like that so he would bark and get a little bit of like aggressive and he would throw a little like bite but of course only if he was provoked promoted no he does not have a job unless he was provoked other than that he was cautious when he got to meet you, but if you were sweet and nice and kind to him, he was the same. He was so gentle. Uh, literally, my best friend, because there was so many times that I would sit down crying in my bedroom about work, friends, life, about just anything like when I felt so down on myself and I just couldn't any longer and I would just sit down crying he was like right there he would sit down he knew I was like in pain and he would just like lick me um give me little kisses and then just sit there and just stay by my side and he kind of like wanted like it you can see it like he wanted me to like feel better so yeah he was everything to me and I <laughs> it's still hard to know that he's no longer with me but yeah okay <laughs> but yeah so that was brownie and he loved opening presents during Christmas um he loved food <laughs> uh he was never a picky eater very rarely was he picky. Um, he he loved to sunbathe. He loved to play with his toys. Uh, he loved to play fetch the incorrect way, meaning he would fetch and then like run away. <laughs> he would never bring me back the toy. Um, but I think that's a, that's an that's a common denominator if you don't teach your dog. If you don't teach your dog properly how to fetch because 
we have a new we have another dog and um same thing so i think it's just something normal that unless you yourself actually go out of your way and um train them yet they don't bring you back the toy i thought that was just natural instinct <laughs> apparently not so literally i i was so happy i loved him he was our only dog at the time and for about 14 or no 15 years 16 years about yeah he was 16 years he was the only dog he we didn't get the new dog till like february no when did i when did we get the dog it was it was around this year so about 15 years without another dog but it's closer to 16 anyway he was our only dog and of course we all just fell in love with him my mom did too even though she always complained that he was such a like a difficult one to deal with because again i do 100 understand we were at work or we were at school and my mom was the one stuck with the puppy the dog and i do thank her so much for taking care of him um throughout his entire life but it came to the time my dog never very rarely did he get sick and growing up given i was i didn't have a job for most of his life i was literally in middle school and then high school and then barely it towards the like other second half of his life did i finally get a job when i was in college so when he would get sick or hurt growing up my parents were not very much of the vet believers because of how expensive it was and i was not gonna go against their wishes because uh again i didn't have the money and i didn't have a say but luckily it was never anything too bad that could not be fixed here at home but he was never really sick so i thank god for that but later on when he was like around 14 is when he started kind of getting sick more often he did have like two infections because of the groomers i was really upset and i stopped going to those groomers they literally have like the worst rating on google probably not the worst but it's not the best if anyone who lives near me know um, wants to know where to avoid going it's called i think funny dog uh yeah terrible he got in like cut many times and they didn't like tell me about it by the time i figured it out it was like infected it was bad so he got sick twice because of that he got like fever didn't want to eat kind of things like that but i finally had a job at that time so i was able to take him to the vet uh which is, which is a great vet actually and he got better like those times that he's gotten sick he had another infection because he, homeboy loved to like lick a certain area in his body a lot if you know dogs that are boys and where they love to lick you probably know what i'm talking about but he got infected it was so bad like my dog lost so much weight i think that's the worst thing he had gotten until the most recent things that had started happening and it was terrible like his skin practically opened up like peeled open and you can kind of see the insides of my dog which is like so freaky to remember but luckily we got ointment and antibiotics for him and he got better so he was doing well and then closer to his 15 years he started developing seizures and that was scary to go through i did not know what was going on i don't quite remember where his first one happened i remember his second one but i was hearing like his little pause on what i thought was like the wall and i kind of was assuming that he was kind of like scratching or like the area you know how like dogs like clean or dig their area before they lay down that's what i thought he was doing so i didn't pay any mind to it it kept going and then I was kind of like concerned at that point because it had been a while. So I looked down. I was at the dining room table. And I looked down and I see 
my dog having a seizure. He's convulsing. His head, like his whole body is tight. His mouth is open. Uh, his eyes are practically like rolled back. He is salivating a lot. Uh, it was so traumatic. I was crying. I had, I literally thought I was going to lose my dog right then and there. I was in tears. I was broken. And that happened. And then the next day it happened again. And after he had a couple of those, like he, when, when, he, when he would wake up from the, the seizure, he would be so like out of it. He would be hyper excited walking all over the house, but you could just tell like whatever happened, like pull, made it like put a toll on his body and his health. So I decided to take him to the vet when it opened. So this happened like during the weekend. So I could not go till um, the week started. And I did, I know you could, you're, what you're going to say, you're going to be like, you should have taken him to another doctor or another vet. But honestly, when you find those doctors that will take and like take you seriously and actually do their best, you just don't want to go anywhere else where they have terrible reviews. So I waited. I got to the vet. They saw him and they told me that that's very normal for his type of dog and for his age, that there was a medicine that would uh, like pretty much, if anything, hope to like eradicate that problem as long as I kept up with his medication. So I got his medicine and we were giving it to him and that had seemed to solve the problem, thankfully. Uh, so... That was one thing that was off my plate. I, we were giving him the medication. He would get seizures here and there, but it was very rare. Or if it was, it was if like something had happened or if he had like a very like stressful day, he would get one. But it was not to the point where it was like continuously and the medicine pretty much helped. Then <laughs> we keep moving forward. He started developing a cough. And he had had this cough all his life, uh, but I never thought too much of it because it, it felt like it was more like a hairball than anything. If you want to like, if you want to imagine how it sounds, imagine a cat having a hairball or coughing up a hairball. That's what it sounded like. But it was always something so minuscule and short and I never thought much of it till he got older where the cough became very continuous and it was starting to sound concerning so I took him again to the vet they did x-rays on him and they found out that his trachea had collapsed again they said it was normal for my type of dog and his age but they pretty much told me there's really not much we can do for him when it comes to the trachea. All we can give you is something that will limit his coughing or stop him from coughing so much. So I was like, okay. And again, I it, it, that medicine was just to give as needed. It did not have to be daily. I would only give it to him when he was having like the hardest time because he kept coughing and coughing and coughing and it felt like he was just struggling and was like having a hard time breathing. So I, I gave, would give him that and I would kind of calm him down and it would allow him to just relax and sleep. So that's what happened. But like, as you can see, his health is pretty much getting worse and worse and worse. And I had already, once a lot of these things started happening, I had already kind of talked to him and told him, like, please let me know when you're ready. Because I wasn't sure if my dog was going to die peacefully in his sleep, even though I really, really wished that would have been the case. But with everything that was happening, I had a feeling that that was not going to be an option for me. Especially during what 
was it? I I mentioned it in the podcast, but I never told you why. It was in May. And I told you I didn't have the great. It was Memorial Day. I, I told you I, I did not have the greatest Memorial Day because of something that had happened. And I never mentioned why. So if you want to go back to that podcast and catch that, I did mention that. But after that weekend, I knew in my heart that one, it was going to happen soon. That he was not going to make it for another year. And two, that I, as selfish as it sounded at the time, like it was not going to happen. Like him just peacefully um, going. I just, I had that as, I don't know if, if anyone thinks that's terrible to think, but I, I just knew it in my heart that that was going to happen because during Memorial Day weekend was kind of when things took a turn for the worst. I think that's kind of where his health just kind of like really took a decline because so far during this time, yes, he was not his healthiest, but he was doing well. Like, yes, he could see he was older. He was having a harder time to get up. His front legs and his back legs weren't as strong anymore. He had, he still had appetite though. And you can still see that he wanted to play even though he really couldn't at that point. I was so scared to play with him at 16 now. Like, I'd rather hold him and just, like, pet him than him wanting to play because when he would play, he would hurt himself because he would fall. So I was just like, yeah, we're not doing that anymore. And, oh, actually, I didn't even mention that. Around this time, something happened where he just stopped realizing where he was peeing. He was potty trained all his life until, like, the last year of his life where... He would literally pee everywhere. He was peeing inside. He was peeing outside. And I don't know if it was like he couldn't hold it because he could. Like he physically chose to pee inside. So I don't know what happened, but it was to the point where we were cleaning pee like every 10 minutes because he was literally peeing everywhere. So thank God they invented dog diapers. (laughs) And um, thanks to that, he was able to stay inside because we were so close to just having to have him outside for a majority of the day because he was just not not stopping his pee uh routine <laughs> he just wanted to pee everywhere so we put in those diapers it made life easier on both of us because now he could pee in peace inside if he wanted to and we didn't have to clean the pee so that happened but so far he was doing good then during that weekend of like memorial day uh, I was sleeping already. I was in my bed. I think it was like two in the morning, one or two in the morning. And I hear my dog struggling. And the noises reminded me of his usual uh, seizures. So I ran out of my room and sure enough, he's having a seizure. So at this point, I've been so used to them that I know to just be calm and like, make sure that he's fine and not hurting himself and just kind of wait for the seizure to pass. So finally, after a minute or a minute and a half, it passes and of Ken, he's calm a little bit. He has like drool all over his mouth and then he gets like that excited phase, but I'm just trying to calm him down as best as I can and have him drink water and like go back to sleep. However, unlike the other times where he's had a seizure, 40, 30 to 40 minutes later, he gets another one. And now I'm scared because he's never had multiple seizures back to back. I I calm down again. I'm just trying to get him through it. I'm talking him through it and telling him he's okay. Another minute, two minutes pass. He's fine. So I, at this point, I'm like, I can't leave him alone. So I pretty much camp out at the living room in the living room and he's just he's finally coming down and he's like laying down in his like typical little area in the living room and 30 40 minutes pass he gets another one at this point i am scared i am crying because it's been three in a row my poor dog has had three seizures back to back and it is freaking Sunday. There's nothing open. Uh, 
and it's four in the morning. I, not, yeah, like it's Sunday morning or mo- Monday morning at this point, I guess. And I am just in tears. My parents hear me. My brother hears me. They get up. And they're asking what's going on. And I tell them that he's had three seizures already. So they're just kind of concerned about it as well. We're all tearing up. And I try, I I give him his medication. I knew I had just given him his medication about two hours ago. And that medication is for like every eight hours. But I, I was just, I couldn't, I couldn't see him have any more seizures. So I was like, screw it. I don't care. I need to give him something. So I literally took the medication. I gave him another dose because of how much he was already having. I gave him another dose of medication. And then 30 minutes later, he has one last seizure. And I legit thought I was losing him then. I thought that was going to be his last. And I broke down crying because I could not see him in that much physical pain. It was to the point that my brother transported my dog um, to another section of the room so I wouldn't see him anymore because he kept having those seizures and I just couldn't see him like struggling. I was shattered because I I wanted him, you know, selfishly, I want my dog. I, I think anybody, any dog owner wants their dog to be with them for the rest of their lives and to just live with them forever. But I knew that my dog was in pain at this point because it had been four seizures. He's never done that before. And his little body just couldn't take that much anymore. And literally that Monday, I was going back and forth with the idea of putting him down because I was like, I can't have him go through this again because despite the fact that I want him to be with me till I'm old, I can't. Um, luckily after I had given him the medication and he had the last seizure 30 minutes later, he had no more. He was able to sleep through the night. I literally did not leave his side. He slept with me on my bed. Never. He's never done that before. He did that that day. I was just scared and afraid that he would leave me during that time. I did take a video of us like just holding each other because I just wasn't sure if that was going to be the last time that I held him. And... My parents were like, are you going to make that decision to put him down right now? And I I thought it was the choice to do, to make at that time. And my brother, we talked about it and he's kind of like, how about you just see how he does for the next few days? And if, if it continues and he has more bad days than good, then make that decision. So I ended up taking his advice. And on Memorial Day, the vets closed early anyways, so... I just kept an eye on him. I didn't work that day. And luckily, he didn't have any more seizures during that time. So he got a little better. But you can tell that those four seizures really did a number on his body and his health. His coughs got worse after that. And it was pretty much like every single day we were doing our best to just kind of get through it. He started having trouble breathing afterwards. You can tell that he wasn't getting like proper breaths anymore. And I don't know if it was because of his trachea or the seizures or a combination of both. And oh, I forgot (laughs) he had a heart murmur, which they told me it was okay at the moment until complications started to arise but he had a heart murmur as well so I just didn't know what was going on at this point but June passes then July passes by and in that span he gets another set of seizures again it was like three or four and his breathing just pretty much got worse And I'm just trying my best to just, like, not think about it, avoid the situation. I had already taken him to the vet, and they just told me just to keep giving him his meds and pretty much just keep checking up on him as long as he was still eating and 
doing his other daily activities, he'd be fine because they were not going to up his dosage also either for his little body for his seizures. So it's just going on. It's just getting worse. And finally, the week that we're discussing, he was sounding really off because he's always had those coughs. Again, I've been used to them, but the coughs got worse and they sounded very odd. His breathing sounded very odd as well. Um, my brother had actually even noticed that his like mouth and his tongue were turning a little purple. I don't know why at the time I didn't realize the severity of that. I didn't even, I was like, no, that's just how it, like the color, how it's been all the time. And it's like, no, it looks odd. And pretty much Wednesday and Thursday of that week, he stopped eating. He didn't want any food. He didn't want any water. He didn't want to get up to go to the restroom. If I got him up and took him outside, he would pee. But other than that, he did not want to go anymore. He was spending most of his time on his bed. Uh, that's when I got concerned. And I took him on Friday. <laughs> I took him on Friday to the vet to get him checked. And they literally looked. They gave my dog one look and rushed him to the back. They called the code blue, code blue, rushed into the back. And she mentioned it was because his tongue was so purple. And I looked at it and I was like, oh my gosh. Rushed him back. I started crying. And then finally, after 10 minutes, the vet comes back out and she lets me know that he was having trouble breathing. And was that was the reason his tongue was very purple. He was had a lack of oxygen and his heart murmur was causing liquid to go into his lungs so there was a lot of liquid in his left lung which again was also not helping with his breathing and I mentioned the seizures and the severity of them and how many he was having and she did not like the sound of that but she did come back with the plan and she said, look, you can, there is something like there are medications for him to take. It's just going to be a lot. It was going to be having to have him on oxygen. It was going to have to be five medications that he was going to have to take every single day. And again, that was not a promise a guarantee that he was going to feel better. And that was not a guarantee that he was going to start eating either. And this is where I regret my decision because I, right there after I saw how much he was going to have to go through just to live, I felt it was selfish of me to have him go through all that every single day because he was already struggling with this two medications that he was taking he didn't want them anymore at the beginning he was very like good about them, but towards the end he was just kind of like fed up with this medications and I knew that adding four more was not gonna be his cup of tea and it was just not gonna be life for him so I at that point I made the decision uh, I'm not even going to say it, but I made that decision. My brother, I called my brother. My brother rushed over and they put us in a room. They gave us as much time as we needed. I, I was, I was broken. I, I, I was hysterical. I cried. I screamed. I, I cursed at the world. I, I hugged him. I held him. I'm glad I brought his blanket because that room was so cold. I told him how much I loved him and how much and how thankful and grateful I was for him. I... I... I, I 
I stayed with him as long as I could, and he was, he did his best, and he wagged his tail. And again, he gave me little kisses, trying to tell me it was going to be okay. But I knew that if I, if I didn't get it, I wasn't going to do it. So, hauled in the van and I told her I was ready. Of course I wasn't, though. I wasn't ready at all. But I knew he was going to be struggling. And he was going to be in much more pain if I just kept it going for my selfish for my selfish needs because I wanted him. I need him. I still do. But he's, uh, he, had, he had given me that look, even though it might sound crazy. He had given me that look that I had been looking for. If like, I'm tired, mom. I'm really tired. So I knew. And I just regret doing it that day. I wish I would have taken him home. Spent one more day with him. And then moved on with that process. But I knew that regardless of the day, I, it was going to be tough. It was not going to be an easy one. So, around 5.30 p.m. he passed. I, I just couldn't. I couldn't do anything anymore. I couldn't even look at a picture of him on my phone. I couldn't talk about him. I couldn't bring him up because I was just heartbroken. My friend messaged me and I, I ignored him. I'm so sorry, but I just couldn't. I couldn't talk about him anymore. And then his like one of the messages that I was sending it had a recent picture of him and I of, of Brownie and I just couldn't I couldn't open the message. I just I was avoiding it. I couldn't I got home and I couldn't sleep. I I just I didn't want to cry anymore, but I couldn't do anything because like that was all that was on my mind. It was just him and his little face and his just the final moments and everything kept replaying on my brain and I was I felt so guilty I, I felt terrible for for just taking his life but like I had to keep telling myself that he was he was struggling he was he was in so much pain and I couldn't handle him going through any more seizures and not being able to breathe I just couldn't so I did that decision and yeah so <laughs> we left I was a mess still kind of am if you can tell by how much I'm crying <laughs> I, I don't know I currently have him next to me I did ask for him to be cremated and I got his ashes a week afterwards I didn't think I wanted them but I'm very glad I did um uh, He's, it's made the process a little easier to have him here, even though it's not him, him, I guess, like, as, as the form of a dog. <laughs> but I feel his presence and it, it brought a little bit of comfort as much as it could. But, um, yeah, I, it's been two and a half weeks now. This Thursday it'll be three. But I needed to kind of talk about this because I feel like I haven't given myself the opportunity to cry about it after. Because I've, I've cried a little bit after we got home. But I, I, I didn't like cry, cry. Like I would let some tears go down and then I would just like snap myself out of it. And I would find something to get my mind off of it because I just couldn't. I... If I allowed myself to go there, I was going to be in a very dark place for a very long time. So I, I snapped myself out of it. I found things to distract me as best as I could. And I just kind of kept moving forward. But I, I think I needed this because I needed that cry. I needed to just feel his loss and like allow myself to feel all those emotions. And oh my God, I sound so stuffy. <laughs> but, um, 
And I'm doing better as best as I can. We still have another little puppy. Um, his name is Milo. And at the beginning, I was a little mad that he still had got to live and mine, my dog did not. But thankfully, that feeling did not last as long. And I'm giving him all the love as well and cuddles that I wish I could give my dog brownies. So... Little by little, my friends have checked up on me. My friends, one of my friends wrote me the most sweetest letter and sent it to me. And I, I had a great support system, so I'm thankful for that. But yeah, so right now, the next part is me deciding what to do with this ashes. I have him just like, they gave him a little container for him in a beautiful blue bag. Because like, that was, I feel like that was my dog's favorite color or not his favorite color because he can't see color but like that color suited him so well blue like navy blue so it just felt so fitting that that's where they put him and i don't know if i'm gonna i want to bury him here at this house because me i mean all his life was at this house or if take him with me later if I move <laughs> in the future, I don't know. Um, or like to put him in something different, uh, a different urn for him, like with the plant. But my room right now is tiny. It's, it's so tiny. Like I can't fit anything else. Like his area right now is small. Like where I have him, it's like a little corner of my bookshelf. I wish I had something better, a better place for him. But like I know my mom and my parents would not just want him in the middle of the living room and he's mine and I want him in my room. <laughs> so yeah, so that's like my next, the next decision, the next thing that I have to do. Uh, but whenever I get to do that, I will share the picture on social media. For now, I, I, I will finally be opening up about this on social media. And I know some people already know, I, my parents ended up telling my grandma and um, my aunt and it, I, they just spread. I think they know. And if they hadn't, if they've managed to not say it, uh, I it, it might be the case. No one's reached out to me and my family, which is interesting that that's the one thing that did not spread like wildfire. But <laughs> no one's mentioned it. But I needed to tell this story because it was time. I've, I, there's been instances where I'm going to like, I was going to have to like talk with my family and when they bring dogs up, I just, I, I don't want to, it's just this thing of, you don't want to talk about it. <laughs> you don't want to have to relive that and tell people. And I mean, all they can say is, I'm so sorry. I, I didn't want to hear it. So I needed to share this. So at least this part of the story is out. And I don't have to share this part. And I can just say like, I, I, I miss him and I loved him to death. And I hope Brownie knew that. Because he was the best part of my life. He's been with me for more than half my life, so I hope he knows that I did as best as I could and I gave him all the love. All the love that I could. And I hope one day I get to see him again in my dreams when I die. I don't know. Got so morbid here. Anyway, but that's pretty much it, guys. I know. I... I want you guys, let's, let's just split this right now. If you have any animals, any pets, I want you guys to go and hug your pet. It's so tight. Because you just never know when it, it'll be their last. So do that for me, please. Let's end that on that. Let, let that be the positive note that we end on. Hug your pets. Hug your family. <laughs> because, oh, time is so precious. But if you, I don't know if you want to enjoy this podcast, but it would really mean a lot to me if you rated this podcast five stars, commented on my podcast, gave it five reviews, five star reviews, please. Brody would really appreciate that. <laughs> and just share this podcast with anybody else that you think would enjoy this as well. My gosh, this podcast is going to be an hour long. This will be the longest podcast I have ever released in my life. Anyway. Next week, we'll continue on with our regular scheduled programming. Uh, I will be talking about my first week of school. So stay tuned for that. Uh, that's it, guys. I really need a Kleenex right now. TMI, my boogers are like... 
running down my nose. Anyways, I will see you guys next week. Thank you for any, all the kind words from those who have reached out from the ones I did tell and who have been checking off on me. Thank you so much. I do appreciate every single one of you. I love you all so much. I will see you guys next week. Have a great, blessed week. And yeah. All right. Bye. Thank you.